Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is the Joe Martino Show. Are there signs that you're in a toxic relationship? I think we'd all agree with that. Yes, there probably are. What are they? Today, I'm going to give you a list of 10 signs and then a bonus 11th that's more of a overview of behaviors that you might be in a toxic relationship. I'm going to poke a little bit at prom prosals and how much I hate them. And we're going to talk about, just for a hot second, why you should step away from the Enneagram. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Okay, so many things that I want to talk to you about today. I hope you're having a great day wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, I want to talk to you about the Enneagram. In fact, I've been working on researching for an episode on the Enneagram. And as I did that research, I uh, came across a local West Michigan uh, podcaster. In fact, I saw him at the Y yesterday who entitled his episode, Step Away from the Enneagram. And people lost their mind on him. It was amazing. And, and it isn't to say that those things don't have value, things like the Enneagram, but that's a different episode. That's going to be an episode all to itself. I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, it is coming soon. I just still have a little bit more research to do, a little bit more uh, work on the front end before I can record it and get it out to you. I feel like I should do an episode on parents who have teenagers that are dating because I've, A, there has been, I feel like, a, a uptick in conversations that I'm having with fellow therapists about the different stressors and distress that that brings into the family. So that that's an episode that's coming. Uh, I want to talk about how do you know when you're being codependent and enabling versus, you know, supporting someone you love. For a lot of people, that is not only a real struggle, it is a daily painful reality trying to understand that balance. But before we can do that, we need to talk about the early stages of a relationship and, and things to look out for, I think. And I want to do an episode on why is your kid losing their mind at 8 a.m.? Why are you losing your mind at 8 a.m.? Or, or more realistically, probably this time of year, before 8 a.m. I want you to uh, explore that. We want to explore that together and talk about problem solving. Today, I want to talk to you about some warning signs of a toxic relationship, any relationship. Recently, I was interviewed uh, regarding signs or early signs of a toxic relationship. But the truth is, these signs are there at any point in the toxic relationship, and some of you are going to recognize them. I want to talk about those today, and we're just going to jump right in. I just want to tell you a couple of things. Sometimes when I sit down, I'm really like, what am I going to talk about? Other times, there's so many things that I want to talk about. I could probably sit here for three or four hours and record. I won't do that, though. All right, so let's talk about uh, some early signs, some signs that there might be a toxic relationship going on. And I see this a lot, unfortunately. Anyone who does couples therapy is going to see it quite a bit. Um, one of the signs, and these are not in any particular order, is temper outburst. And there is usually a degree, there's usually a correlation, excuse me, between the degree 
of manipulation and and actually just poor relationship toxicity in the relationship and the and the amount of temper outbursts that you'll see in a relationship often what will happen is someone will make an outlandish statement about the other person's behavior and they'll they'll admit they'll be like yep I lost my temper I yelled I screamed and guys this is a lot of times it's used but please women don't live with your head in the sand there are a lot of women who are as equally as much an abuser as men. A lot of women. The numbers are staggering. And admitting, I sometimes am afraid that some of my friends feel like if they admit that there are women abusers, that somehow they're going to diminish women victims. And I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. I think that both women victims and women abusers can be uh, can coexist. I think that there are women that bring toxicity to a relationship, and I believe that there are men that bring toxicity to a relationship. Often, that toxicity will lead to some level of abuse, and temper tantrums are the first key. They have emotional outbursts that are not commensurate with the situation. Now, here's the thing. Everybody, well, not everybody, but most everybody has some sort of temper. They'll, they'll throw a temper tantrum at some time. They'll get upset. They'll have temper outburst. But one of the things that, that we start getting into toxicity is the person has an expectation about how you'll make them feel. And if you don't make them feel that way, if you don't perform to standard, they will try to coerce you via temper tantrums and sometimes outright violence. And, and sometimes what this looks like is they'll say things. I watch this in the room all the time. They'll say things uh, that are just ridiculous. Like, yep, I lost my temper. I yelled. I screamed. But it was because my wife did this. And so when you start pushing them to nail down that, that statement, to, to, to kind of explain that statement in the context of a relationship, invariably they just stop talking. Okay, well, fine, whatever. Never mind, it doesn't matter. And they just withdraw as a form of, some of my transactional analysis theorist friends would say, that's a form of violence. They're withdrawing from the conversation that often they started. And so one of the signs, if you're in a relationship where there are a lot of temper outbursts, and this does not have to look like somebody throwing things at a wall, punching holes in a wall, or anything like that. It can look like that, but it could just be a temper. They yell at you, they give you the silent treatment, they push on you to do what they want, they blame you for their behaviors. If, if those things are going on, that's a sign of toxicity. Now, does that mean your whole relationship's toxic? No, not necessarily. Uh, that's why there's a list of these. This list is not exhaustive, nor is it in any particular order, but that's why there is a list here. Just like you could be a little warm and not be sick, right? You could have a little bit of a fever maybe, or you could feel a little bit off. Your stomach could feel a little off and you're not necessarily sick. It's just one symptom. And this is one symptom. All of these by themselves are just one symptom, but usually they run in a pack. So the first one, temper outburst. Substance abuse. One of the things that constantly amazes me is people will overlook substance abuse early in a relationship. Like they've been dating the dude for two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months. And they're like, well, yeah, he does get drunk a lot, but, or he's a real jerk when he gets drunk, but, or she's really mean. I've, I've heard this, the, all of these in the room. She's really mean when she gets drunk. Well, then why are you still dating her? Well, because when she's not drunk, she's amazing. How often does she get drunk? Three, four times a week. You know, not that much, just the weekends. Well, I mean, three, four times a week. First of all, I don't know how you get drunk three or four times and it's only the weekends. And secondly, if you are at three, you're at half, you're halfway to that half the week you're drunk. 
and you're using substance to satisfy, to soothe pain. If there is a lot of substance abuse in the relationship, that's a sign of toxicity. If the person's personality changes while they're engaging in this substance use, that's a sign of toxicity. Often people who are abusers, they will tell you what a great person they are, but their behavior shows you a different person. Here is the best advice I can give you. Let people show you what they are. Don't let them tell you. Don't let them tell you. I'm reading a book right now uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Talking to Strangers, which I want to talk about in a future episode. But he talks about how we default to truth, how most of the time it would be better for us to read a person's history than to meet them as far as judging the accuracy of what we think about them. And and we don't like that. We, we like to think that we're these great you know people at reading people, at, at discerning falsehoods versus truths. But... If somebody becomes belligerent and mean and controlling and a jerk when they're on a substance, I'm telling you, if you stay in that relationship long-term, minus an intervention for them, they are going to be that person when the relationship develops and is solidified. They're going to be mean, they're going to be controlling, and they're going to be all the things they are on substances early in the relationship. And they're going to tell you how that's not really them. Don't believe them. It is them. And at the very, very best, give them the opportunity to show you through their behaviors a different reality, a different person. Because if they don't, then you need to believe that's who they're going to be because that's probably who they're going to be. So let me talk about the next two together. Not that they'll necessarily always go together. Often or sometimes you'll get one without the other. But violence and then blaming you. Any relationship that has violence in it is toxic. If your relationship has violence in it, it's toxic. And this violence could be as mild as breaking a window. It could be as mild as standing outside screaming at you, pointing their finger in your face. It could be as severe as as physical violence. Don't ignore it. I can't tell you how many people I talk to and they talk about violence 20 years into the relationship or 15 years or 10 years or 3 years And I'm like, hey, was that violence there at the beginning? Absolutely it was. Okay, well then don't ignore it because that's a sign of toxicity. If there's violence, there's a problem. Now, that doesn't mean you have to come to the curb. Maybe they can get help. Maybe you can couples counseling. Maybe they need counseling, probably all of the above. They can absolutely come back from it. Your relationship can heal from it. But you cannot get healthy by ignoring the signs of toxicity. One of the things that I see so many people try to do is they try to ignore the signs of toxicity and they think that that's going to cause the relationship to get healthy. Like if I just ignore it, it'll get better. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Coupled with violence, actually coupled with all of these, this one here, this next one is a big one. And this is why I want to talk about them a little bit joined together is blaming you. They will refuse to take responsibility for their own behaviors. They will refuse to, Say, I did that, period. It's always, I did this because you. I did that because you. I did this because of you. And and if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't have done this. Not only is that blame shifting, it's irresponsible, it's immature, and it's just straight up toxic. And if you do it, you're bringing toxicity to the relationship. You know, that's one of the things that, when, when I think about this, there are going to be people who are listening to this who are like, oh man, my, my husband, my wife, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, 
they do those things. But then there's going to be other people like, man, I do this. And you need to own it if you're going to change it. If you're going to change it, you have to own it. And then as you own it, you can begin the change process. If you're in a relationship where someone is blaming you for their behaviors, when they apologize, there's usually a little caveat added about how they wouldn't have done it if you hadn't done this. That's a bad sign. That is a red flag. That is a toxic relationship. Okay, so temper outbursts, violence, blaming you. Let's talk about NSA surveillance. If, you've, if you're dating someone or you're married to someone and you're like, man, they could work for the government in the NSA surveillance group because they always want to know where you're at. They're always checking up on you. They're always watching like, hey, where are you? What are you doing? And they start to try to dictate where you're going and who you're going with. They don't allow you to have your own life away from them. They expect your life to revolve around them. There is an issue. There is toxicity in this. Now, this, this one's a little bit controversial as the relationship gets established, right? So my wife, I really feel that my wife has the right to know wherever I'm going, whenever I'm going there, who I'm going with. We've been married a long time. And, and once we're married, there is a lot of... I, marriage is a synthesis of rights and responsibilities. And so... As that relationship has progressed, as our relationship has progressed, she doesn't very often, but if she's like, hey, where'd you go? What did you do? I need to answer that, and that doesn't mean she's toxic. This one is more for people who are starting to date. The interview that I did was about uh, early signs. And so if you're early in a relationship, if you're dating someone, they don't get to run your life. And I see this all the time in high school and college age girls where their boyfriend runs their life or vice versa, the girlfriend runs their life and it's insanity. It is literally insane because how do you think that relationship is going to grow? It's not going to grow in a healthy way. I promise you that. It's not going to be healthy because your life shouldn't revolve around them. Relationships need time to grow. Intimacy needs time to grow. I'm telling you, I can watch Facebook. I have friends on Facebook who they just churn through girlfriends. There's one guy in particular I'm thinking about. He's not a client. He's a Facebook friend. Uh, and, and literally every girl that he meets, he's going to marry. And then when she breaks up with him, it was the worst thing. And she is the meanest person because there's no time for it to grow. He integrates his life into them in such a way that it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't, it, there's no room for them to breathe. And so if they're surveilling you all the time, and, and this goes right along with the next one, if you have bad friends, they don't like any of your other friends, this is a quick one to fester. They want to isolate you from their friends. They, they will often couch it in phrases like, I just want what's best for you, or I don't think they're good for you. And they, what they're trying to do is they're trying to control your life because they're not healthy and they're afraid the minute you realize that you'll run. So they try to trap you. There's no other way around it. They use their own NSA surveillance skills to eliminate your bad friends from your life. And here's the spoiler alert. You don't even have to pay for this ticket. All of your friends except them and on their approved list are bad. You can't have friends outside of them. Parents, if you're listening to this and your kid is dating someone who does these things, have this conversation with them because it brings an adult life of pain. They utilize this, this high level, where are you going? I've even worked with people who one person put a tracker on the other person's phone while they were dating without the other person knowing. That scares me. That's like, hey, I don't want to end up on 48 hours. Certainly that's extreme and that is at a level, that, that's a whole new level. But 
there is a common theme. I see this too often where people ignore it. Uh, they just they just want to control your life. They want to know what's going on. And then there's the, is, there's the opposite of this. And these are the people that just make booty calls. Right? And, and I see a lot of people who are treated like, like they're not even known by a person who will call them at 2 in the morning because they're horny. And, and that's a problem as well. That's a sign of toxicity. It doesn't tend to get talked about as much in relationships because quite frankly, it doesn't really have, it doesn't usually develop into a relationship. But, but if you're just getting booty calls at two, three, four in the morning, one in the morning, 10 at night, and then the person acts like you don't exist, that's not healthy either. That's the other side of it. And that's completely unhealthy. And we could talk about, you know, uh, whether or not, Booty calls are, are healthy in any shape or form, but I will leave that for another day. Any person who wants to run your friend circle, who expects you to 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 dislike the same people that they dislike, at the very least is immature. Often that brings toxicity. Arrogance. These last couple ones that we're going to talk about all revolve more around the person. They have... A, a way to talk to you that they end up talking down to you as though you're an idiot or stupid. They'll remind you of how great they are. And often they will, uh, they'll remind you how much you need them. And, and they love to address your questions in, in ways that like, how could you ask that question? Sometimes they'll even flip this and they'll be like, how could you talk down to me like that? If you just disagree with them, just disagreeing with them, Will, will be the only thing necessary for you to talk down to them. That's arrogance. And that is uh, something that is a sign of toxicity. Now, there are people, arrogance is not broadly de- well-defined. There is a spectrum, and there are people that have more confidence than others. I get that, but if somebody starts talking down to you like you're an idiot or you're stupid, especially if they start reminding you about how great they are and how much you need them, that's a problem. They don't want to be criticized. They tend to respond very poorly to any criticism. When you suggest you didn't like something or that they could have done something differently, even if it's innocuous, it doesn't really uh, mean much. They respond in a heavy-handed way. This is a red flag about some toxicity in the relationship that could be troublesome. In fact, let's just change that. They will be troublesome. If these signs, if you get more than one or two of these signs in your relationship, there's trouble coming if it isn't already there. And, you know, there are people that can argue with that, but that's just the way it is. Okay, so we've talked about seven. Let's let's just look at three more real quickly. They are the director. They explain to you what you should have said, how you could have done this or, the, or that better. In social interactions, they might even answer for you. If you don't admit that they had the better approach, they might get angry at you. See the point about violence, right? What happens is, is, is they tell you, you know, when you were talking to Erica, you should have said this. When you were talking to Anne, you should have said that. Look, all I'm saying is, is you could have said this. And so what happens is as you, as you just interact doing your life, they tell you how you could have done it better, what you should have done. And if you don't acquiesce, they get mad. That is a huge red flag. That's lots of toxicities coming if it isn't already there. Deep insight. They will constantly position their opinion and approach as a deep insight that other people don't have. They just, they want you to know how special they are. And, and they have deep insight into other people, into other relationships, into other situations. If they could have done it, they would have done it better. 
Uh, and I mean, we could be talking about everything from from soccer fields, how soccer fields were built, uh, to church services, to grocery stores. You know, they're just they're just smarter than everybody else, and they're going to make sure that you know it by letting you know about their deep insight. Along with their deep insight, they will be extremely dismissive of you. They will dismiss your feelings and often tell you why you're not feeling that way. They will tell you what you just said is wrong and how you just said that isn't accurate. And then when you're like, hey, I don't really feel like you should do that, they don't care. They might say that you're putting on a show or acting out for other people. They're just totally dismissive of how you feel, of how you're acting, especially if what you're saying is something that they did and now you feel this way, right? One of the things that we teach people is nothing makes you feel anything. It's an invitation. So, but what we want to say is, is when you do this, I feel that. At one point I was working with a couple and uh, he would yell and slam his hand on the table. And she's like, that just makes me scared. And I said, okay, let's just change that. When you smack your hand on the table, I feel scared. So she said that. He's like, no, you don't. Don't say that. That's dismissiveness. That's dismissing what she's saying and telling her she doesn't really feel it. Well, how do you know? And, and you know, now if there's a blatant lie somewhere, uh, like, well, I didn't smack my hand on the table. I wasn't even near the table. Oh, okay. Then that's a conversation to have. But toxic people dismiss how you feel. You have to be on the lookout for it. You have to be aware of it because you can only control you. One of the easiest ways to look for toxicity in a relationship is to ask yourself how much time is spent trying to control someone's square versus someone's circle. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is something I've talked about in previous episodes. You can find it on my YouTube page as well. Go to joemartino.com, click on YouTube. Uh, Once you're there, click on circle square uh, for the videos. Draw a stick figure of yourself. Draw a circle around the stick figure. Draw a square around the circle. The stick figure is you. The circle represents everything you control. So now if you're in a relationship, you draw two stick figures. And the first stick figure would be you. The second stick figure would be the other person. The circle around them is everything they control. It's their life. It's the things that comes out of their mouth. It's what they do with their hands and their feet and their eyes. That's what we control. And so that's what we have to focus on. Unhealthy people try to control their square. Now, not every person who's unhealthy is toxic. I want to be really clear about that. But what happens is, is they try to control their square. So one of the signs for toxicity in an early relationship, one of the signs for a toxic relationship is one person is pushing for intimacy, whether it's physical or emotional, too fast. They're pushing for it too soon because they're trying to control the square, which is if I can get the person to have sex with me or regular sex with me, or I can get them to open up and tell me all about their past, if I can tell them all about my past, if I can create intimacy, and that's in air quotes, then they will. I'm reducing the chances that they'll leave me. I'm trying to control my square. Unhealthy people try to control their square. Toxic people definitely try to control their square. So a toxic person, they're all in too soon. You meet on Tuesday and they're ready to marry you on Wednesday? Run. You went out on a date on Friday and they text you Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Probably run. Certainly, I guarantee you, somebody's going to send me an email about how they went out on a date and they knew right away and they started talking. Honestly, that's great. I'm not here to argue that. If you want to talk about it, I'm willing to bet that I could prod and probe and find some toxicity in the relationship, but that's fine. But most of the time, you will be well served 
by just running. One of the dangers for people is that we don't allow healthy people on our radar, so people will date unhealthy people. And we see this regularly in counseling. Somebody dates an unhealthy person on repeat. The names just change. Because they try to control their square, not their circle. And that is unhealthy, and unhealth leads to toxicity. If I have an infection, and I don't deal with it appropriately, it becomes a bigger deal. If I have a cold, and I don't deal with it properly, it could become a bigger deal, I think. Maybe that's a bad illustration, but you get the idea. So there are just some signs. There's 10 signs plus a bonus what are, th- what are things that might be toxic in a relationship? And these don't have to be romantic. They c- I've seen relationships that were peer-to-peer that had toxicity. And you need to be aware of that. You need to be on the lookout for that so that you can stop it. If you realized, hey, my relationship is toxic, what do I do? If you can, get out of the relationship. If you can't, get counseling. Right? If you're like, hey, I'm, I'm married to this guy now and it's, it's toxic, get counseling. If you're dating the person, leave. Go break up with them. But Joe, no but Joe's. No but Joe's. I mean, you could try counseling, even dating. Certainly people are doing it more and more. But invariably, when I sit down with couples in the early years of their marriage and there is large amounts of unhealth and toxicity, it was there while they were dating and most of the pain that they're experiencing could have been avoided. But somebody was afraid to be alone. Now they're living in hell. That might sound like I'm overstating it, but I really don't think that I am. All right. So hopefully you found these uh, helpful. Hopefully um, these are not in your relationship, but if they are, hopefully you can do something about it. Uh, Maybe you know someone that you're like, oh man, this is my sister. This is my brother. This is my cousin. This is my best friend. Share it with them. Just have a frank, hard conversation. Very few things like this are well served by ignoring them. Okay, if you found value in this, please share it with your friends. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.